This episode of The Backdrop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by Half Day. Those of you who played in the Stinger, our annual member guest, may remember meeting Dave, the co-founder of Half Day CBD. Dave is a talented dude with a very impressive iron game, as demonstrated in our closest-to-the-pin hickory challenge. And when he's not puring 120-year-old mashies and niblicks, Dave's true passion is helping others with their physical and mental well-being. What's important to Dave and everyone else at Half Day is trust. Trust of their products and trust in their company. The CBD industry is fairly new, and compared to other CBD companies that I've tried, Half Day isn't afraid to invite you in and better understand their production process, including their farmers growing and harvesting in Kentucky, all the way to their in-house extraction and bottling process with their licensed food safety managers right here in Chicago. They even include batch records, so you can see exactly where your products have been and where they are coming from. The point is, these guys are really big on quality control, transparency, and safety, which, as a customer of a new product, I definitely appreciate. You can check them out at the links in our show notes and on the blog. If you click through those links, you'll be able to use the promo code NEWCLUB15 for an additional 15% off your first order. I'll be back a little later in the show to share my personal experiences with Half Day and hope you guys check them out. Chris Bojar. Welcome to the backdrop, my friend. Hello, skinny Matt Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's a throwback, man. I haven't done the hello in a long time. Um, did, I, did I say that correctly or is it Bojar? Jar? Uh, the way I think about it is however you want to say it, you can say it. None of them uh, bother me. In fact, I think it was Bojarski or Boyar when our family came over here. So I feel like we could have 20 pronunciations and whichever one works. Bojar is great. Bojar is great. I, I just, I loved, uh, what made me think of it was uh, Ravislow. You know, I, I called down there and we have, uh, you know, we send our clubs that we work with all our names. And he's just like, yeah, I got that group. Uh, it is your perfect Southside accent. And it was Bojar. I got that uh, Chris Bojar in the group, right? And I was like, oh, that is so Chicago. That's awesome. Nice. Um, so where do we find you today? You're, you're chilling in the man cave, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm weirdly home alone with uh, both kids at daycare. And uh, my wife actually had to go to the office today. We've had very few days where it's been solo. So uh, normally this would be two kids running behind me and wrestling people. But this, this timing actually worked out perfectly. So yeah, just working for mom. Well, honored to, to keep you company this morning. Uh, we're connecting the first day of the PGA Championship. I know you're just a massive uh, professional golf fan. You're a massive uh, all sports fan. But uh, who'd you go with for the PGA Championship? Or who do you like this week? So do, do we go chalk or do, do, do we want to go for our, uh, our non-chalk picks? I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, it's easy to say Bryson or Brooks or you know guys like that i was i was trying to think of my non-chalk pick um the you know my favorite golfer or one of my favorite golfers i I think i've told you before i call him the midwestern cougar the pga tour steve stricker uh he had that crazy cut streak that he had what was it 26 majors in a row um that he had made and then i think he finally missed the cut and and then they were giving uh guys off the beaten path that like might you might pick right and weirdly stricker's name came up in one of the podcasts i don't know if it was the data golf guys talking or the 15th club yeah but his name came up which i was sort of shocked by i i had him on my sleeper radar and that was my next question for you since you're wisconsin cheese nut 
sports fan on Twitter was who's going to be the highest Wisconsin golfer to finish. And uh, Stricker, he's in that mix. Yeah, I think I think I think that's it. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to remember. Uh, I always feel like giving the right credit to whoever it was. I, whose podcast do they have it on? Did they did you hear the backstory of the, the, the totally an aside of this? Did you hear the backstory of how the 15th club came together? Did you get this? No. Um. So do you listen to the Perfect Number podcast? I don't I, know. I've, no I've free ads here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So he was he he had on somebody from the 15th club. He said the way they started was um, when they found out the different captains that they were going to have, Darren Clark was likely going to be the captain of the European team. It wasn't official. So they got a meeting with Darren Clark and on the way they're like, Hey, we should, we have some stats background. Uh, we should, you know, say we can do this. And they're like, we, we don't have a company, you know? So they go, they meet with Darren Clark and he's like, I love this idea. This is great. He's like, so the 15th club started on the way to the uh, airport in the cab. And, you know, they've turned it into a thing now, you know, they have like big names and, you know, I think they sadly are helping Europe beat the U S in the Ryder cup, right. it's um, all just, you know, it's cause like, they're, it's money ball, right? Yeah. Moneyball. So totally stats driven. And like, they have, um, course, the, the reason why I brought up, uh, who, who we might like, they had weirdly like course ratings. So this, I think Harding park seems to trend very close to Torrey Pines of courses. So players that play well at Torrey Pines apparently will do well at Harding park, right? Because right. Of the course profile. And, and so anyways, they were giving that background from the 15th club and it was like, obviously they've made a good business of it. And I think they had a background in, um, you know, football, if we're in Europe, but soccer in America, they took some of those people and put together the 15th club. But yeah, long story long, that's how they landed on these kind of outlier people. So what you're saying is all, oh yeah, all your people are, are data selections. I'll give the, I'll give you and the listeners a name that not many have probably heard, but uh, I watched this guy hit balls no more than a week ago before on his way out to California. And it just sounds different. And the dude is walking with that you know, that swagger you see in people. So I, I go for the qualitative stuff. I don't like data. I'm not a big data guy. I go for like, seriously, I go for like, okay, this, let's find people in a good mental state. Um, that's why I like Xander so many times. That dude is just so chill, always in a good mental state. He, he's always dangerous. But uh, Lucas Herbert, Australian with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he was out at Beverly um, a little, like a week and a half ago. And he, dude, I'm, I'm expecting big things from him for the rest of the year too. I think he's playing in a, in a bunch more, but I don't think a lot of people have heard of him. I think he's going to show up. Nice. Well, you heard it here first, right? So what was he doing out of Bev? Just, uh, playing or he's, um, he, when he was an amateur stayed in Chicago for, uh, with a family out there and, and they just had him practice and play and, um, that's the first time I met him, but he's just a really great dude. He'd fit in perfectly with the new club. Like he is just uh, very talented, but down to earth, humble, loves having beers after the round. He, he really is a pretty cool dude. So that's my pick. Um, so back to you. I think before we get too deep into this thing, uh, you are our 2020 Palmer Award recipient. Uh, this was announced just a couple weeks ago at our Sunrise Stableford. Um, how's it feel, man? Were, were you expecting it? Did you feel like you had you were in the the running? Uh, I I honestly was not expecting it, um, and and I feel like then that comes off as like, oh, Mister Humble, right? You know, like I I really wasn't. Um, and I I think I told you after the the one part that was kind of funny was that you were 
reading different people and look, we have 300 great recipients. Like I, I feel like this is the Meryl Streep thing now where she's like, Oh, everybody could have won. I mean, I just happened to have won the Oscar. And I really do believe that. Like I honestly do. And that's part of why I love new clubs. And you were reading off uh, different submissions and, you know, you read names that we totally expected. Like I got to, I was actually playing out with uh, JD at Butterfield. You know, I love playing with JD, all these people. I don't want to name too many people. And then I feel, you know, bad not naming somebody. And so my name didn't come up and I was like, oh, okay, you didn't, you didn't make the also ran list. Like, what are you going to do? And then you like pause for a second and you said my name and Katie told me this. She said, I like didn't move. And I, I honestly was just like, wait, what did he say my name? And then my kids come running out uh, and, and everyone thought that I kept it together. But honestly, when I turned and they were both holding on to me, like I was a life raft or something. And I was like, totally crying. I was like, keep it together, keep it together. <laughs> and, you know, Aaron's like, I'm so proud of you. And Audrey's like, way to be dad, great dad. And, you know, like it really, um, you know, yeah, it meant a lot. And, and, you know, honestly, the other, the, the only other time I kind of got emotional about it is that, um, you know, you said nice stuff and I re really appreciate it. And it's like humbling that people, you know, submitted my name and, and it feels really good. I was like, you know, what? I'm really excited to call my parents and tell them like, I'm almost 40 years old. And I then thought of like, I want to call my parents. And I called my mom. Um, and she was like, over the moon, like, you know, and, and I think she sort of used that as like a positive reflection on her, you know, and whatever we could, we could take it for what it was, but like, it really did sort of feel good for all the ancillary things. Right. And then, you know, I was talking with different people after the round and, or after the event and everybody said really nice stuff and messages on Slack and text and whatever. So like, it, it really was like pretty overwhelming. Like I was like, Oh, this is, you know, nice. And I you, totally appreciate it. We, I, in, in your, your face, I wish we would have got, I mean, we got pictures of you with the trophy and your family, um, which by the way, your, your son, Aaron was so funny. He's, he's, I had him, you know, they're wearing their mask and, and socially distanced, uh, of course, from everybody. And we had them, you know, staged, if you will, hiding in that back room, but they could see the whole, you know, group outside and, and they, they could see you, which they're freaking out. They're like, there's dad, there's dad. And uh, I think he asked, uh, you know, we had the award um, table and the winners of the event, the Sunrise Table for, uh, there's that big shield we gave out this year that was just so ridiculous, like such a just comical, but awesome, awesome trophy. And, and it's huge. And, uh, and he goes, whoa, is that my dad's trophy? And I go, no, <laughs> that's not your dad's. Your dad's getting a better one. And I, hopefully he wasn't disappointed with the, the size of it. No, they, they were, um, no, they, they thought it was awesome and, and they both want to hold on to it. I mean, look, you, you know, I, uh, ride for all things, merch and golf silliness and whatever, but the, the trophy really is beautiful. I mean, Seamus does like really nice stuff and, and, um, cause I actually got a, um, one of their cups. Have you seen their, their putting cups? Yeah. They did like a mask giveaway where like, if you buy masks, for people you know and then you you know pay a little bit more and you get a cup and the, it's solid like you know and same thing for the trophy that thing is um it's super solid and it's it you know what it also made me think of when we did when the original palmer was given out to uh brian they it was at uh shubas right yeah brian ekstrom uh 2019 yeah. champion yeah giving out a shoe yeah 
Yeah, and and I think you were having a hard time finding the trophy because we we had remember it was like I the did, first day of the Masters, <laughs> and we're in we're in a room that in 2020 feels like being in that room is like contagion or something, right? You know, totally right. save it. Never, never would have happened. Yeah, it never never would have, and and probably why we got pushed back on on even doing it this year. But it was funny because you were I remember you looking around and I was like, man, I'm pretty excited to see this trophy. Like you, you know, they seem like pretty pumped about it, right? And then when Brian was walking around with it, we were like, oh man, like, you know, it's like pretty happy for, it's not huge, but I I like that almost more, more yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's something um, that, it's something that uh, like you can, I just moved as an example and I got like a, an obnoxious trophy that needs to be just donated because, you know, it, it's not, <laughs> but it's like, it's kind of out of place, right? This is something I think it's, it's uh, subtle, I guess is the word. So what's your obnoxious trophy? Let's, uh, let's no, hear about it. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> I keep trophies from like seventh grade, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, for those that may, I, I should mention what this is. So the Palmer Award, for those that don't know, I mean, there's a lot of members that are listening that obviously do, but, you know, it, it is our society's highest honor. It, it's um, uh, people nominate it and vote. It's not anything uh it's all member generated but you know when you play with members you have to rate your experience playing with them so everyone that qualifies has to have you know a score of 4.5 stars or above and and then um these notes on on you know nominations and what people actually say i mean there's a lot of times i got i i read just a handful of the selections but you know when we had our little committee who just tallied everything up you read these things and it's kind of like you made the joke about being 40 years old and you know still calling your mom but I, I was so impressed with what people were willing to say um, to nominate others not just yourself who got more than anyone but a, a lot of these one-offs just that you know from playing golf and, and a lot of times with complete strangers a lot of or I shouldn't say complete strangers but um, you know people you loosely know through this golf society that you're willing to to connect in a way and know something about their their lives or their kids or their uh, what they're going through their parents or or whatever and it's and it's in these nominations and and dude I I just uh, I'd have to take some breaks sometimes because like this is powerful shit this is really cool so it's just such an honor to have you dude represent that uh, that award and our, our values of the golf club thanks yeah no no it means a lot and 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 I think you make a good point about one of the and so not even ancillary. I think it's actually one of the highest values of new club. We love the golf. We love all the things you can do with it, but really it is about uh, building a good community of people. And, you know, even simple things like, you know, we have Slack where people interact and, and trade ideas. And I got to say, um, you know, I'm wearing my, you know, be a kinder you, be a better you hat, right. That, that my cousin put together. And I, and I really like the ethos of those things where, um, and it's actually my cousin Phil we played out at uh, Warren with. But yeah. anyways, um, the 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 point behind it is that I think everyone's um, doing their best to help each other on things, right? And and maybe it's because 2020 we're going through more than we've gone through in, in different years. But it feels like being uh, open and honest with each other about things you're dealing with. Look, we have every round that we want where we're having some beers and joking around and having fun and rolling in putts and laughing and hooting and hollering and then there's some times where hey somebody's having some trouble their family's going through something and maybe you've gone through that and you know you're talking with them about what you did or you know making connections on things and I think that's the 
to me, that's really a, a high value. And, and I felt it uh, even at home. I mean, you know, to be able to get out and golf, given what we're going through is a total blessing. And, and I honestly feel for my wife, Katie, even, you know, she likes to run. Um, but, you know, the normal social things that you do, you kind of can't do those now. I mean, I wish she had sort of her new club to go do these things because it's a it's an outlet, you know, and I think it keeps us even keeled as much as we can, given everything that's going on. That's that's well said. I, I'm going to try to say it one other way, because I think it's important to this award and what it represents. But, you know, there's um, so much in golf that I see of, you know, people taking right? Wanting something for yourself, wanting, you know, that expensive driver or wanting, you know, to play that top 10 golf course or that, you know, bucket list type place and wanting access. But it, it's, in my experience, been very unfulfilling when you get those things and frustrating when you get those things. And it never stops when you get those things. The only time that you really, truly feel connected to both the game and uh, the spirit of it is when you're giving. And, and I think that this award, if you look at it and why people nominate certain people, it's not the takers, it's the givers. It's the people that are like, hey, let me give you a ride. Hey, you know, would you like to join me? Hey, this new member, nobody you know, knows yet. I'm gonna invite them out with us. Like that is, I think the biggest reason that you get that, that, that you were nominated so many times is that, you, you give to this community, man. And I think, you know, and, and you're a happy guy. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, you're so passionate about community, family, and um, golf and sports. Uh, but those three things, like, it's just great, man. It's, it's what I think, uh, you know, I wish more of us could, could see and, and act on. It gets hard because we're all so damn busy, but um, it, it really is the way to enjoy yourself, I think. No, totally. Well said. And, and the last point I'd make is that um, by giving, right, it, it comes back tenfold. I mean, you know, and, and I don't I don't think anybody does it because they think they're going to, you know, get it come back tenfold. But it does, you know, so I, I think it sets up a, a positive feedback loop of, you know, people are happy to do it. People want to do it. And, and you know, it, it all these things are kind of intimidating. You know, we talk about how golf is like sort of intimidating, right? But at the, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to go out and have a little bit of fun and walk around a piece of grass and, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes. you know, find our white or yellow ball and put it in the hole a couple of times, you know, and maybe we only hit one good shot. But, you know, it, it, it's um, I feel like we've overcomplicated it on a number of levels. And you, you made a lot of points. You're chasing all these things. You're doing all these things. It turns out that, you know, you're. Uh, crack it on do swooping round at Rav is your favorite round of the year, right? Because, you know, each year guys um, rolled in a putt. I mean, I'll, I'll try and make it quick, but the, the simplest one I can think of is I played at Jackson park with one of my buddies. Um, it was a non non new club guy that I've gotten to know. Like most of my people I'm wearing 15 golf things were at my kid's music class a couple of years ago. And he turns me and he's like, he's like, Hey, it looks like you like golf. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, we should go play sometime, right? So we go out to Jackson. If I'm playing early, I normally want to, you know, play in three hours or less and get through quickly. I can get home, start start the work day. We played with two regulars from Jackson, totally buddies, earlier, uh, like a month ago. Guy had never broken 80. 
and I'm kind of tracking his score and he's putting up some good numbers and he's not saying anything. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're pitching the perfect game here and you don't want to, you know, the, all of a sudden no one's talking to the uh, pitcher. So we get to, you know, 17's an impossible par three, 18's a drivable par four almost, right? You know, it's a weird flip at Jackson of those holes, um, right. which may or may not be hidden soon if Tiger gets his course. But it, so I'll try to wrap it up fast. But he hits a pretty good drive. And I'm thinking, you know what? He's getting close to 79. And, and the whole time we're talking and he's having fun, he's like, I've had so much fun today. You know, and it's because he's playing well. And I happen to play well that day. But like, honestly, at that point, I was like, man, I hope he steers it into the you know, garage correctly. <laughs> and he rolls in probably like a 10 footer. And man, you would have thought he won the masters and all four of us realized what was happening and gave like a hard fist bump. And he's like, I've never broken 80 here. I've never done it before. I was like, Sean, this was amazing. He's like, today's gonna be a great day. He's like, I can't wait to get to the office, right? So it, you know, it's simple things like that, right? That are yeah. like so much fun. And, and you know, to be honest about myself, I was like, man, I thought we were going to play faster and, you know, we get paired up and, you know, it took us longer, but it was like, I enjoyed every minute of it. Right. Yeah. And because of them, not, not, not because of me. Right. You know, right. they were having fun and, and, you know, in a weird way, I also think when people aren't having great days and they, and they do well on the course that, you know, shows a lot, a lot about them too. Right. I understand we've all had bad days where we expect to shoot whatever our number is and we don't. And there's a bunch of people in new club that I'm very proud of that, you know, either I get boat raced in the match or they get boat raced. And, you know, then maybe it turns to more casual stuff, right? We're talking about what our kids are up to, or, you know what I mean? It's, it's less competitive, but we just make the best of it and not sort of yell at each other and, you know, <laughs> yeah. throw clubs and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, there's that balance between competition and, and casual that, that can be found. Um, and, and I think, it's a it's a gear maybe that has to switch a little bit, but it's also just like understanding that the uh, the, the competition can be a focal point. It helps everybody kind of um, have a stake in the in the thing, right? Make some make it make shots matter a little bit, but there's always more important factors, and and I think it's the key is to um, to have that focal point, to have some competition, to to you know, rally around something, but but of course it's not going to be the end all be all. Like you just can't, you can't enjoy golf that way. I, I don't think. Uh, let's talk about, um, there's a story you shared in your blog post um, that we had you do, you know, being the Palmer award recipient at, I think uh, her name was Phyllis. Mm -hmm. When you grew up playing with Phyllis, was that your grandmother? That's my grandma. So tell us, tell us what it was like playing, playing golf with Phyllis. So she was grandma uh, in non-competitive things. And she was Phyllis in anything else, right? And so we played tennis, ping pong, golf. They lived, um, they actually lived about an hour away from Disney before everything was built up. So they lived in this um, community called Greenleaf that was like, totally in the eighties and nineties, they hadn't built all those resorts around there. So going down there was like a, amazing, right? They had three golf courses. They had every pool you could go in. They had tennis courts. They actually had grass tennis courts down there. So you could play like you were at Wimbledon. Like it was amazing to visit as a kid. Uh, but my grandma was so darn competitive, like to the point where she taught me about not cheating. Uh, I mean, I, I have a, 
fond memory of my grandpa. I'm Wait, riding she, in the car. She taught you about not cheating. So she cheated. <laughs> so she taught me not to cheat. Right. So the, the, here's the story. We're, we're riding in the cart and my grandma has these little beads that she pulls down for each stroke. Right. So at, in retirement communities, I know we're mostly a push cart mafia, you know, schlep our clubs kind of thing. Uh, in the greater Florida area, I don't think they're walking a lot of rounds. I, I think there's a lot of cart paths. And so I'm riding with my grandpa and, you know, that's great too. If, you know, before you can even drive, you get to drive the golf cart and buy a hot dog and everything. So it's great. So she pulls down the beads after every stroke. Well, she pulls down the beads after every other stroke. And I turn to my grandpa. I'm sitting in the middle of them. The two of them, I'm smaller at the time. She goes to hit her shot. And I, I go, grandpa, I don't think she's counting all her strokes. Are you going to say something to grandma? He's like, what do you want me to do? You want me to tell her she's cheating? Is that what you want me to do? So she would do the, uh, you know, wait until, you know, uh, you hole out, I hole out. What'd you guys get? Oh, five. Oh, yeah, I got a five too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Five sounds good. And so it, the only one she stopped inviting me playing uh, was she couldn't cheat at ping pong because the ball's either on the court or off the court, right? Whereas in in tennis, you know, a little shifty with the lines, you know, you, you a little bit of rubber the green, if you will, uh, in golf. But ping pong, I think when I turned like eight or nine, that was the last uh, ping pong match I had with Phyllis because she could no longer, <laughs> she could no longer come up with a way to engineer a victory for herself. Um, but yeah, those are those are great times getting getting sent down there as a kid uh, and getting to play as much golf as we could uh, and you know hang out. I love Just it. Enjoy that weather. Yeah, it was awesome. I love it. I, a lot of kids probably would have tried to keep up with the cheating, right? To say, okay, grandma does it. Well, I'm going to out-cheat the cheater. Yeah. No, I mean, you kind of want to, I guess, ultimately you do want to win. But, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I didn't really win that, right? You know, I mean, I can say I got a five, but it was really a seven. So <laughs> so I, I know that uh, when you were growing up in Wisconsin, um, evening rounds with your family were important to you or that was kind of your your big relationship with golf was that was was family golf um you got young kids right you're you're playing uh, i've seen them get out there a few times are you guys how's that going you know the the whole next generation of bojar is out there chasing the pellets around yeah no that that is uh that's right i mean i'm I'm trying to do as much as I can without you know turning into Earl Woods here and uh you know having my kids not uh like golf because yeah like you said when I was a kid um so i was I was an only child um and I think my parents probably if they my mom's the oldest of eleven if if they had their druthers, I think I would have had some siblings and it just wasn't in the cards, but you know we have forty cousins or something right and we have a huge family, a short family, so huge in numbers, not in height. Uh, except for a few here and there, but so we, we always had people around and we would always go golfing and, and, and do stuff. Right. And, and my mom and dad were up for it. So I was love doing that. And so I'm trying to do it with the kids. I mean, Audrey's uh, three, so she's just a little young to get out of the course, but Aaron's almost six. And and I think that's the, the cutoff for some of these like first tee and whatever. I mean, I've been telling you, we need a, some kind of new club, like youth edition or something. Right. So we, we get the kids out there, but I've been taking uh, Aaron out to Winnetka's par three uh, and he's been loving that. Um, they have some par threes up in Wisconsin that we've, we've done uh, with my family as well. My mom, she actually got her club shortened. She, I get my height for my mom. Uh, she, so she's all into it now. She played a little bit with me 
after college, but it was more when I was younger. And now I think she's kind of reliving that with Aaron. And so she got her club short and she's like, you know, I'm going to take a couple lessons and really get into this. So it's, it's great to get uh, all the generations on the course um, and play. And, and Aaron's into it. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is to, to make it as fun as you can, right? The make sure you're getting a dog after the round or, you know, putting on the putting green and, you know, having sort of silly contests and, um, you know, just gives us something to, something to do outside. And, and I, I think it's a real, uh, in terms of patience too, right? We're, we're all on our phones. We're running around. I mean, I'm as guilty of this as everybody, right? That we're kind of don't unplug. And it's funny. I mean, we're on the course and we get to just walk and talk. I mean, we had a deer run through the, the course last time and Aaron, I mean, you would have thought, uh, this was the masters, um, happening for him. He was like, Oh man, he's like, look at this. He's like the deer. How great is it? So yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's been fun getting them out there and playing. So I think we're probably a year from Audrey doing it, but yeah, looking to do that as well. Okay. Um, that's awesome, dude. I just, uh, we, we, we're going to need your help designing what the youth edition of new club looks like the young pollinator programs geared for, uh, high school players, you know, that are already in there. But, um, uh, I think the young, the youngest, uh, you know, that it's gotta be, that's the introduction, man. Introductions matter. It's that, that time that's going to be very uh, impactful for them. So I like that approach. Yeah. And as you know, I'm not short on giving you guys ideas on uh, stuff we should do, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's my <laughs> second job. Yeah, that is. That, you, you, we need you to keep them coming too. Uh, you know, there's some stinkers in there, but there's definitely some winners. <laughs> Hey, it's not a, it says one of the partners at our, uh, at my firm said, he's like, you know, he's a high volume shooter, right? You know I mean? You're going to make some of the shots, right? I mean, you know, I give my jokes out. I'm a high volume uh, shooter. If half of them land, that's, you know, 50%. That's a lot of jokes, right? Can't be afraid. Can't be afraid. Um, and we, uh, your kids are actually the reason you're in new club, if you really think of it and connecting the dots. So tell that story real quick. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate you asking it. Um, so we're at Aaron's, uh, schoolmates, uh, classmates birthday party up at a park, you know, just down the street from us. And, you know, I got my 2015 PGA championship hat on and my whatever, you know, us open shirt on, you know, all my golf stuff thinking about the round that I'm not playing. I'm pushing my kid at, uh, on the swing and sure enough, the dad next to me, uh, is pushing his son. And uh, he's like, oh, looks like you, uh, you enjoy golfing. He's like, where do you normally golf? And, and I think I said what almost everybody, um, you know, says, like, you know, I play rounds here and there, but, like, you know, I don't – it's kind of tough. I don't have the exact group of dudes. Like, you know, we have a couple guys or women that we play with, but, you know, they're having kids, and it's kind of hard. He's like, you know, my uh, friend growing up, Chandler, who's Chandler uh, Goodman, he's like, he joined this thing called new club. Like, Oh, interesting. So he started telling me about it and it's Brian Mullen who I'm talking about. And I was like, Oh, that's great. So, you know, a half hour later after us talking as much as we can and our wives are thinking like, are they even paying attention to the kids as they're pushing them on the swing as we're, you know, designing ways to go play. He gives me his number. So I, uh, shoot him a message the next day and I don't hear back. And I'm thinking like, Oh man, like, you know, overthinking this probably like that come on a little strong here is getting Brian ghosted. not really like me I thought I had you know? a golf buddy now I'm getting ghosted. Yeah. so it turns out I had his number wrong by a digit and so I didn't have the 
correct number. And, and uh, Brian actually used to work for LinkedIn. So I find Brian on LinkedIn and send him a message and, you know, we connect. And then I realized. Was it like a nasty I'd, message? Was it like, hey, man, it, <laughs> you know, you don't just befriend a guy on the swing sets and then leave him hanging. Okay. That's not cool, dude. Yeah, I specifically asked Brian not to include that information. You know, I don't think you can get the Palmer Award for doing something like that. So I said, <laughs> look, don't don't tell them how nasty I am. By 300 characters, I used all of it to be as negative as I could. Um, but then, you know, and, and I think this is one of the nice things about New Club getting um, people out. Chandler had a round um, at Mount Prospect where you can book guests. So he's like, you know what? Why don't, Brian's like, why don't we go play one of those rounds? And sure enough, we those guys are great. I mean, I love cutting it up with them. And so talked about it the whole time. And, you know, I think, I don't know, the next day we submitted our applications or something like that. But, you know, and that's even one of those things where your, you know, entry into new club, if you didn't have the ability to book, book people with you to go out and play, I know we can't do it at all our places, but it's nice that some public tracks, you can add people to sort of feel it out and check it out. And, you know, I, I don't know what the rate of uh, people being interested in joining, but I got to say almost every time we come and have a match, I mean, even um, I hadn't been out with uh, Mark to golf this year. So Mark Caldwell, Steve Smith and I played at Sunset Valley a couple weeks ago and we got paired up with a random force guy. And this is the new thing of where people have heard about new club. He's like, Oh man, I have, you know, of course I'm wearing three new club logos on my thing. And he's like, he's like, Oh, do you know about new club? like, oh, yeah, where'd you hear about it? He's like, oh, I follow it on Instagram. Man, it's awesome. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you you know, you guys post great stuff. And it's always fun to see the pictures and everything. He's like, I'm really interested in it. He's like, would you mind if I asked you more questions about it? I was like, good news for you, Joel. We're actually playing with one of the co-founders. And again, you would, I mean, really nice guy. We had a great time going around Sunset Valley. Sneaky, cool track uh, right yeah. next to Bobble Link. Since they redid it, I mean, I think we need to, uh, sidebar friends. I think we need to get some times out there next year for a new club. Um, but he was like, Oh man, I get to hear all about it. And of course, you know, we get back from the round and he was like, I had so much fun. He's like, I get paired up as a singleton all the time. He's like, this is the best time I had out there. And I was like, Oh, I know Steve and Mark are great dudes. Like, you know, it was just, we had a match. We played each other. I think it came down to the 18th hole and they, you know, beat us by one. And, you know, it was just, or actually we tied. I take that back. We tied. Um, you know what? Let's say that Mark and Steve won. That'll that'll make it more fun. <laughs> sure. it, it, it comes off not so friendly for me to say Joel and I uh, uh, tied the match or or lost. But anyways, so the point of it is that it was fun and we totally had a good time and you know and that was an entry into him being able to play with some people and know it and like it was four hours to walk around a nice course and have fun. So it shouldn't be that tough. But he was like, man, I I haven't had more fun in a while and this is totally something I need for me. So it, yeah. it you know it continues that way. I, it's funny. I, it's one of the things that I kind of worry about is that, um, you know, when we're small, you know, we're launching Atlanta this, this month, this week, actually. And, and, uh, you know, new members are, are going to start joining us all over. And th there is, you know, finding out about something on Instagram or an email from somebody or, or whatever, it's, it's not the same as it was like our first almost 300 members every single one of them came from a story like yours and, and it wasn't really, you know, social media driven. It wasn't technology driven. It was like, 
a conversation and an invite. And, and I just, uh, there's something powerful about that. You know, it kind of worries me that, that like, I, I think we don't want to be the golf brand or, or product that is this online, you know, watch this, you know, that's not what we, we want it to always be experience this, you know, play with the, this pe- person, um, play this course, you know, and, and it's very, very personal very personal for all of us. You know, we all play the game and it's a personal experience, but I think it, I love those connections, man. I just hope we don't, uh, we don't miss those as we continue to get a little bit bigger. For sure. Yeah. What's, and, and so tell me a little bit more about it. So Atlanta is launching this week. Atlanta's launching this week. Yeah. We got uh, Ryan Frigo, who's a, uh, original founder member, founding member, him and his wife moved down to Atlanta. So he's our GM down there and he is rocking. We got, uh, bunch of new applicants trying to do the same thing that we did in Chicago with really the charter deal. We have some great clubs already lined up. Uh, guys are already playing golf. Um, so it's, it's, I guess it is already launched, but just from the you know official perspective of opening up memberships and things like that. So it, it'll be good. And it'll be nice for us uh, Northerners to have, you know, some friends in the South uh, for when, you know, we, we start making our way into November and December and January some place with some dormant grass, but some places to go play. I think that'll uh, yield some benefits as well. Nice. Yeah, no, it's a good, good addition. So are these going to operate uh, and if this is too far, we, we can, you know, cut it off here, but um, so are they going to operate as separate uh, groups or is this all going to be under the new club umbrella? How's it going to be as sort of new chapters open? Yeah, it's all under the new club umbrella, um, but they'll have the local membership. So it's not that, you know, we have the ambassador network, which is really uh, folks where we don't have a local presence. You know, they're not going to have a weekly game to participate. They're not going to have a rotation of local courses and clubs that they can go experience. But um, Atlanta will, you know, so that's just really putting the resources behind the planning and the sword and everything out. And uh, that's kind of how it'll go for, for, you know, every new market we have coming up. And then we can cool. start doing the inner city matches, which we had a couple of weeks ago and got dusted by the Atlanta crew. Uh, but I blame that we, we were using spreadsheets. So it's a uh, new way to do things in the COVID era, but you can actually play matches from separate courses. You know, God bless the USGA handicap, handicapping system and course ratings and everything else. But, uh, you know, with that, you can, you can play a, it's a decently equitable golf course. Now we did get rolled. Um, they were playing at Athens Country Club, a Donald Ross. We were playing at Canal Shores, a torturous Tom Bendelo. And uh, Canal Shores, I, I will, I will contest. I think this is a great. We had fantastic players in the group. We had all equitable handicaps in the group, and we got beat badly. And I will still contest that Canal Shores, if you're playing to par. Uh, course rating slope you can take it all into account if you want but two par that is the hardest golf course in chicago section i yeah shooting under par at canal shores is gold medal worthy i mean it is not an easy task no i i agree with you and and um and they're doing some great stuff out there that, you know, has been highlighted and it's awesome. The society's doing it. And and I think hopefully that'll make it play a little bit easier because the, my, I mentioned you my first and last round of 2019, which was my first year. Technically I joined new club at the end of 2018, but my first round was when we got that really warm day uh, in January, we went out for a random 
meetup, you were there with Gypsy and, you know, a handful of other people. So we played around Canal Shores. And then Boxing Day. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Then Boxing Day, the day after um, Christmas, Aaron and I went up to Canal Shores and, uh, you know, played a handful of holes. And I actually had to pick the holes the right way because, you know, there's some, there's some tough horse carries and things like that. And, you know, like nine's not in play, right? <laughs> it's not going to go so great for Aaron and I, you know I mean? It's they get the, front, they get the forward tee. You just got to walk to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they, that I guess that's right. They, they do have that, which is good. But, um, so that, you know, I, I totally agree with you that Canal Shores is fun, but it's tough. And we'll, we'll let the Atlanta boys have the, the, the first one. I, I think, uh, there'll be many in the future and 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 honestly you said we could do it on the spreadsheet shout out to david gilmer for uh yeah. figuring out the spreadsheet stuff he is a maven on that thing i mean and a sweet dude oh, all around yeah gold. he is awesome i Solid was gold lucky enough to yeah uh partner up with him at the sunrise stableford and we we have more fun on the course than we play well on the actual course but in total new club fashion, we had a great time. And you could tell even before we're teeing off because David had put all that time into making the spreadsheet work and he was really proud of it, but he was like, man, I really want it to work. You know, I could tell he was like internally feeling it. And, you know, we played a couple holes and I was like, David, you're the man. Like, it's great. It's working. He's like, okay. He's like, I, I just wanted to make, you know, and, and credit to him. He's, he wants to make sure everybody's having a nice time and it's tabulated correctly and stuff like that. And, and I think on the back end, it probably makes it, easier for you guys, right. To actually put these things together because tallying it up, I'm sure is a, you know, a big lift if you didn't have something like that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And honestly with, uh, COVID we're, we're taking out every possible, you know, risk that there is. And one of those is having a scoring situation where someone has to sign a scorecard and someone has to, you know, turn it in. Someone has to tally it. Someone has to enter it into the system. Um, and so we just said, let's, let's try to avoid it at all costs. And so, yeah, it's not, uh, you know, there's some software out there that's a little bit more user-friendly than a Google sheet, but honestly, it gets the job done. And, and, and what I love about it too is like, yeah, there's, there's some people that won't be able to figure it out when you're on the golf course. Some people who forget to download the, you know, Google Sheets app, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll get it all done when we get in, when we get in the house. And um, I, I'm, I'm really big. One thing that I don't like about having live scoring on the golf course is that it does put the phone back in our hand. And so, you know, I try to, uh, limit that, you know, if one person who has a good relationship with their screen time, like let that person, you know, take over that, um, the scoring for the whole group. Uh, I just, I just hate, I think golf is one of the few places now where we have the ability to um to get lost to not worry about you know all the other things that we have going on to not be inundated with all the notifications that are in our life and and so it's hard it's hard to achieve but um i love the no 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 cell phone policies at places i think it uh you know there's emergencies of course but it golf i don't want to say it's an escape but it is it's a mindful place. It you really is. And you can, you know, you connect with where your mental game's at, your physical game, and, and it, it all kind of comes together and you're focused on relationships. So I just, that's the only gripe I have with using these spreadsheets is that it's, it's a necessary thing right now, but, uh, uh I just, I love not having my phone on. No, I, I agree with you. And, and that was one of my hangups with, um, with actually doing, so I'm, I'm using, uh, 
a, a system in my clubs. I actually bought some of the Arcos things from uh, Kevin Moore because he's Kevin's so precise with his clubs that he said having those little uh, sensors in his clubs was enough of a weight difference that it bothered him. And I said, for me, that <laughs> that weight difference, that's not stopping or starting me. I, I also had a head start because I have three single length hybrids that have them in there, right? So I was like, Kevin, I'm already in the game. I just need to fill out my bag. But part of why I say it, you know, all joking aside, is that um, there is some, uh, you know, maybe this is back to what we talked about with Brett Zagalis, right? Uh, when we did our little book meeting, there is a there is an art side and there's a science side. And the one part that I think is tough is that people think they hit their clubs a certain distance, right? And I'm not saying you need to be on your phone checking it all the time. But in the beginning of the year, this year, I've, I've used the Arcos and you have to clean it up after the round. You have to actually have to keep your um, phone in your front pocket, which is annoying. They now have a clip that you can buy. So then you can leave your phone aside. But what I found is that I hit my clubs and I don't hit it very far as everybody that has played with me knows. I'm not bombing it out there like you. Uh, they, the distance that you, you hit your clubs is, is not exactly what you think. And it's, it's helped me now. And I actually don't look at it that often. Occasionally at a par three, if there's a ton of wind, I'll pull it out and, you know, check it. But it, it gives you a little bit more information because I tend to totally agree with you that I would much rather just be out there talking, not dealing with my phone. But I know even yesterday we had a we had a match for our you know cousins our family cousins things that we do that I I don't even get into the details about. But the point is that I knew my cousin was between two clubs, and he said he didn't feel comfortable with the club he had in his hand, right? And I told him in in that instance if he pulled out his phone and and hit the button and said ask caddy and it told him to hit the nine iron and he hit it and it didn't go well, at least you've done the due diligence yeah, on it, right? It. Like you you know what you're doing. Whereas he was between two clubs. He wasn't sure what to do. He And he even admitted after, he's like, man, I should have just pulled the other club. I knew I wasn't in that club right. And I said, but conversely, if you hit that app and it told you that was a club you were supposed to hit and you didn't hit it right, would you have felt better? He's like, oh yeah, 100%. He's like, I was just between the two clubs and I didn't know what to do. So it's a, it's a totally tough balance, right? Yeah. I mean, I get it. We, we don't want to be on our phones. I'm on my phone way more than I should be and I'd, I'd rather not be. So I, by the way, I kind of I, feel like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I am certified uh, handicapper for our, our golf club, but uh, with the USGA and, and, you know, rules, r rulings, is this, is this legal what you're talking about? Are you allowed to have a device that tells you on the course what? Are we recording this? Is this being recorded? <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah. Oh shit. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah. Oh wait, let's walk back a few things I said. <laughs> I think it's conforming. Uh, I'll have to, you know, I'll have to get back to you on that. And yeah. Uh, it sounds like it, a training know, tool that I, I don't think would be, I mean, I guess I, like, cause like it'd be the same thing as TrackMan data, right? While you're on the golf course. And I don't think you can bust out a TrackMan behind you. Not, not that. Well, unless would. you're, uh, I mean, and this is, you know, uh, this is a shout out to Eddie, but unless you're Branson, right. It, we're not calling him Bryson. We're, we, we affectionately call him Branson on the, uh, new club slack. Um, I assume he's going to come up with some way to do this, right? Like as his caddy's blocking the um, camera, somehow a track man will pop up and, <laughs> and Branson will have that data and he'll use it to calculate it. Um, but I, I think you're right. The, the, um, I'll have to look into it because I wonder, um, is this the same thing as like a slope adjusted? Because um, I know if you're doing a USGA thing, you can use a rangefinder. You can't use the slope adjusted rangefinder, right? Person, right. 
but you can use the ra- the rangefinder itself. I think in most of these applications. Absolutely. Is, yeah. Now you okay. can. Okay. Yep. But the slope adjusted one, you can't because that's giving you more information than you should. Correct. Correct. And this is giving you historical information, obviously, on like this is how far you hit your nine iron, you know, historically. But I don't know. I come back to us on that. If I, I'll come, I can do digging. I'll come it. back to you. Yeah, no, I'll come back to you. And, and the one thing that is really funny at looking at the data, because, you know, I love to hit my, you know, pop up my seven iron or hit my hybrids around the green, right? You know, play different shots, try things. My data is way off on, because it factors in. So the hard part is it factors in my five hybrids as a shot that I hit from the fairway. But then also you have to exclude the information around the green. So like yesterday I'm in the rough around the green. And of course I like, pull out my five hybrid and take the jokes and everybody's like, Oh, he doesn't know how to hit a 60 degree wedge. And I was like, look, I'm not going to blade this hybrid. I can tell you that much, but I might blade that 60 degree. So I'm going to roll that baby. And sure enough, you know, it works out perfectly for me. So it's funny that that needs to be evened out in their, in their algorithms. Cause I think it factors in those short shots and don't get me wrong. I've duffed that five hybrid a number of times too. Those count. But uh, I, I think it factors in the chipping, which is, a goofy thing I'll have to figure out how to exclude. Dishan Bojar, man. I, I think we've got a new <laughs> nickname for you, dude. This is a lot. I, my head would spin if I thought about all this stuff, but you're obviously a smarter man than I. Uh, <laughs> that's why I think Kevin Moore and I have made such good teammates and, and partners in, in uh, mid-am events together. Is He's the brains. I'm the scrawny brawn. And, uh, you know, we got our, our feel game and our uh, – our cerebral game, but I, I let him do the thinking for me. And, uh, you know, I just kind of go out there and hit it where he tells me. He gives you the, uh, he gives you the golf blueprint for, uh, the course. And exactly. then, uh, and then you, and, and, and you have the spirit to keep them going, right? You, you Bingo. bring, yeah, yeah there's a lot of things, yin and yang. there's a lot of things that he, he might, you know, need to not think about. And I'm usually, you know, good at removing those and, and throwing some, some stupid, uh, you know, look at this, uh, this tree over here, like <laughs> just stupid <laughs> stuff. But, um, let's see, we, we covered a lot of ground. I don't want to take too much more of your time, Chris. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. How about Wisconsin sports outlook for those? I know you're kind of a expert in the world of all thing Wisco. Um, what, what's, what's the least depressing thing in Wisconsin sports right now? Well, uh, this is something I actually talk with Katie a lot about. We don't, we don't want to glorify our, our athletes too, too much, right? And we don't know who's going to stay around. But uh, our friend, the Greek freak, uh, Giannis, is, I think, is uh, unimpeachable as we get of just really a great person. I mean, obviously very talented. Um, it seems like the NBA has sort of thought out this bubble, and, and there's a way to sort of safely play. And, and it's funny. I love, I mean, my Twitter handle has, it's cheese at sports nut, right? I mean, I love sports in a weird way. Sports coming back, you know, was, was kind of low on my priority list, right? I mean, you know, we got to deal with what we have to deal with and basketball. I've, I've enjoyed it coming back just because I think they're kind of going about it the right way, more or less. Um, and it doesn't seem, I mean, I guess they might be taking some testing from people that could have it. You know, there, there could be some things that could be fixed, but um, they seem to be doing things safely and, and not putting people in jeopardy, which is, you know, makes me feel a lot better about it. Whereas some of the other things that we're kind of dealing with in the fall, it sort of feels like they're going to push forward with, with football. And, you know, and, and it's tough. I mean, I, I heard uh, some people interviewed recently that were saying, well, you know, 
looking back, uh, a lot of offensive and defensive linemen are opting out of playing, right? Because they're right in front of each other and, and they're kind of breathing on each other. And don't get me wrong, basketball players are running into each other, you know, there's, but it seems like they've come up with a, a safe way to, to do that. So that's, that's a long way of saying that, uh, our friend, the Greek freak and, and the bucks, uh, we're, I don't fear the deer. I love the deer. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, it's been enjoyable. And, and I, we'll see how it, it goes out. I mean, I think people have been saying like, Oh, is there an asterisk on if you win a championship this year? And, and I kind of feel the opposite way. I mean, with everything that people are going through, if whoever wins, they won those games. Right. And yeah. you know, they, they had to do it. Um, so I don't it'll, think you can take anything away from it. No, it'll, it'll feel a little different. And this is my contention with uh, the, the Ryder Cup going fanless. And I think they did the, the right thing. Like, just because there's no fans screaming around you, do you think you still don't know what this means? You know, I, I, th- I think we don't give our, our athletes enough. Like, all golfers grow up watching the Ryder Cup. All golfers mm-hmm. idolized. Sir, uh, you know, the, the heroes of the Ryder Cup, Seve, um, mm-hmm. Darren Clark, you know, mine are all European, but uh, it's, it's, they know what it, they know what it matters. And I, I yeah. was more curious to see the social experiment and the basketball will be the same thing of, you know, how did these guys play in crunch times when there are no screaming fans, when it is, but they still know what's on the line. They still know their names on that trophy, their champion, their world champions, their Ryder Cup champions. Like, I think I, I know for, for me personally, if I have a putt to, to win any type of title, there's no fans watching me and I'm nervous as shit. And so like, mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to see um, what it would be like and, and they still care, you know, they, they, you can't turn off that switch of like, Oh, this doesn't mean the same. This doesn't mean it's a championship because there's no fans. Like they still know what, what it is. That's what they work for. That's why they put in all that time. So I, I want to see it all happen. I want to, you know, in a safe way. I, and I'm with you on the NBA, dude. I just feel like the NBA for the last two, three decades has made so many smart moves. And I, I thought they just ran circles around everybody else right now. Yeah. No, and, and uh, you saying that brings up two, two quick thoughts. I can, uh, I'll say on it. One, the guy's caring. Uh, you know, we, we've gotten this uh, new whoop strap community, right? Where everybody's wearing our whoop and checking out our data. Uh, have you seen the uh, Justin Thomas rolling in that putt at the, at the work day? Yes. In the playoffs. The live whoop Overlaid feature. on his whoop data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he goes nuts and you can see his heart. I mean, you know, maybe it was up two more beats if there were fans there, but he couldn't have been more excited. Yep. And then nails out of Colin Morikawa drops one on top of them, right? And they go to the next playoff hole and Morikawa wins and, and, and good on him. Um, in terms of the social experiment, I mean, we're seeing it this, probably this week will be the first real one with yeah. uh, the PGA Championship being contended without fans. Because we went up, um, you know, n- not that the Kohler Company needs any plug for me, but the, the best deal in uh, golf is the original championship routing uh, in the spring or fall. You can play Black Wolf Run. And they, the Meadow Valleys and, and uh, the River Course, which are the River Course way under, I mean, it's yeah. well known, but that course is a peach. I mean, very difficult too. Yeah. Fun can, course. Can so what play. They, very difficult. Yeah. And, and just fun to walk around. And I don't know if you saw the new thing they're doing, like a 10 hole short course with a bath and everything. They're, they're putting in a new thing at, <laughs> up for 2021. So, way to get my kids up there. But the point is that we went up there to play the original championship routing. Uh, the week after the Ryder Cup in 2018. And 
we get up there and uh what was it we played the original championship course um at black wolf run uh so it's nine of meadow valley nine of the river combined and then we went and played the irish course um over at kohler and i yank one way left on a hole and i hear this thud and i'm like oh no what did i hit it was the week after the Ryder cup in france and they had already set up the Ryder cup compound for the administrative side at whistling yeah. Strait. this is 2018 i mean like right. you know the, so these things are charted out way in the in the future. So I think they, you know, they looked at it and said it, it's probably a money thing. I mean, I, I, you know, for all the nice stuff we said about the NBA, I think they probably wouldn't be coming back if if there wasn't money involved, right? But they need to pay everybody, and the you know things need to move on and yeah. whatever it is. So I think they made that draw that since they couldn't have fans, um, they just couldn't do the Ryder Cup this year. And I guess selfishly as a ticket holder. <laughs> I guess I'm happy that they, you know, moved it, but you're right. It, w- it would have been real interesting to see um, how the Ryder cup would have gone without fans. Cause I have to think that, you know, if Rory and Tiger, are, you know, battling down in a singles match at the end, uh, unfortunately it's just everybody else doesn't get to see it in person that was going to be there, but I'm sure that'll be intense. It would have yeah, been intense. It would have been right? intense. That's yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll believe what we will. Uh, well, Chris, thanks again, man. This has been so much fun. Um, uh, Thanks for representing the Golf Society. Thanks for being our, our 2020 recipient. And like I said, man, I, I've met very few people that are as passionate about community, family, and golf as much as you are. And I think, uh, you know, those are, those are three good things for, for our Golf Society. No, I really appreciate having me on, uh, you know, and keep up the great work. Would, if we didn't have New Club, we wouldn't have this. So keep it going. Uh, you and Mark are doing great. And Love all things new club. So I appreciate having me on the podcast and it was fun cutting it up with you today. You got it, man. And we'll see you out there real soon. Sounds good. This episode was brought to you by Half Day CBD. Personally, I started using Half Day and their line of CBD products a little more than a year ago to assist in three areas, sleep, pain relief, and anxiety. I use the half-day oils at night as part of my bedtime ritual, which I've found to be way better for me than the use of melatonin or other sleep aids. I like to use the half-day topical relief cream for my knees, which always start to ache around this time of the golf season. And as someone who has struggled with the performance anxiety on the golf course in the past, I use the half-day CBD gummies as a way to curb some of those first tee jitters before an especially nervy match or tournament. So using the links in our show notes and the links on our blog, you can check out their full line of hemp-derived products and use the promo code NEWCLUB15. You'll receive an additional 15% off your first order. You'll also see some of the half-day staffers at our upcoming tournaments and events for the second half of the golf season. They are a great company who love the game of golf, and if you're interested in the use of CBD products or just curious about the benefits for yourself, I encourage you to check them out and learn more.